Hey everybody, welcome into another episode of the Outsider Sports Baseball Podcast. I'm Ben Mandel, joined by John Pauline. No Corey Jason this week, but he'll be back next week, guys. Don't worry. We do have plenty to unpack, though, still. I know we did talk a lot of uh, playoff picture last week. But first, let's get into the news here, because there were some things going on this past week. Probably the most exciting thing, especially for the two Yankee fans that are not on here with us this week, Jason Dominguez finally debuts. And John, I know, you know, being in the Wilkes-Barre Scranton area, you know, You've heard about him playing up in Scranton with the Rail Riders. I know here we saw him playing in Somerset and Double A for a while. But Jason Dominguez gets called up. Not only does he spark this team, he hits a couple of home runs and fuels the Yankees to a sweep in Houston, a series that I picked as my series highlight last week. And the Yankee fans wanted no part of it because they thought they were just going to get rolled. And look, the Yankees come around. They come out. Jason Dominguez ends up having a great weekend. It's a pair of home runs. And the Yankees all of a sudden have some life. Bobby Miller of the Dodgers throws seven innings pitched for the first time in his career. The young guy whose stuff has already been compared to those of Garrett Cole and Jacob deGrom. He is able to beat the Braves as the Dodgers were able to steal one from them. Shohei Otani, speaking of stealing, stole his 20th base on Sunday for a 40 home run, 20 stolen bag season. He is now the eighth player with multiple of those seasons. Now, the Backstreet Boys, this is a group that they they really took the country by storm 20 years ago. The Savannah Bananas, this is a, a new style of baseball. You may have heard of it as Banana Ball down in Georgia that is taking the world by storm now. Well, these two things clashed this weekend as Brian Luttrell of the Backstreet Boys was called, asked, and then went and showed up and played for the Savannah Bananas this past weekend. I mean, talk about a draw. You know, you don't really have to push people to watch baseball, especially this time of year. People are looking for things to do. But the Savannah Bananas and Banana Ball, it's been blowing up. John, I do want to hear your thoughts on this. What do you think of Banana Ball and them doing things like this, bringing in guys from the Backstreet Boys to come play? I mean, honestly, the only comparable thing you want to compare it to, like they're like the Harlem Globetrotters of baseball. That That's like, that's probably the best comparison. And I mean, I think they started off just playing down in Georgia, but I think now they're, they're starting to travel more, which is going to be really, really good for the sport of baseball, because I don't think a lot of young kids are going out and playing baseball, like little league and stuff nowadays. So this is a, you know, it's a fun thing to watch. They are actually playing real baseball, but they do a lot of funny stuff. Like they'll do, they'll do dances. You know, they, they I think I saw mm-hmm. someone get up on stilts the one time and try to hit a ball, but you know, they, you know, doing all the funny stuff, but they're still playing real baseball. And I think it's a fantastic way to get like, to, to like, you know, grow the sport, get more fans, especially the younger generations now. And I mean, that was the problem that MLB was, you know, going after where they short tried to, you know, wanted to shorten the games and stuff because you know younger younger kids aren't watching the aren't watching the games anymore. So, I think this is a fantastic way to grow the sport. I think it's good for baseball, and it's also like now there's something to do now. I mean, I mean, I if they ever come around my area, like I'm pro, I would I want to go see them because you see their clips on Facebook and everything, and they just look just so fun to watch. I always say to my friends at at my job that aren't baseball fans 
if you want to get into baseball, watch the Savannah Bananas. It isn't, it is baseball. There are a lot of quirky rules that I don't even understand fully to myself. Um, I believe they play each inning is scored. You win an inning and that's how it goes towards think, your score. There's, some it's, rules. there's also a thing if a player, if a fan catches a foul ball or a home run, it's an out or something. Yeah. And that's, there's it a makes lot it of fun really, though. It gets and, the fans it involved. Keeps the, exactly. It keeps the fans involved. You have center fielders. Like you get like extra style points for a trick play or a trick catch. So you have guys doing backflips while catching fly balls it's awesome it's you know it's a very very fun way to grow baseball and to get people who aren't into the game as it traditionally is into it because once you get into it that way then you start learning the more the regular nuances of it and you can transition into baseball these are guys who are i mean it's the equivalent of playing like semi-pro these guys are going here they're playing and you know they're making it to the major leagues you have jeremy guthrie yeah you have jeremy guthrie who played 13 seasons in the big leagues playing for the savannah bananas so you know there are a lot of a lot of ties to the major leagues here um and really just a lot of fun things going on there now last thing in the news i do want to touch on we have another player who reached the 40 home run mark while matt olson has been going through his drought he did finally snap it and reach 44 on sunday pete alonso he reached 41 uh with two home runs on sunday hitting the 40 home run mark once again in his career the polar bear seems to be bouncing back from a lot of that criticism we talked about it last week about how the Mets were looking to trade him. Apparently, a lot of players this past week went into Steve Cohen's office and vouched for them to sign Alonzo to an extension. It sounds like the team, the players, the locker room, everybody wants to keep Alonzo in a New York Mets jersey. I didn't think he was going to hit 40 home runs this year because after he got hurt, he came back and he just did not look the same. And he, he went just was cold. not hit. For the, I felt like almost forever. It felt like almost like the second half of the season, he was just cold up until now. Pretty much from injury. the beginning of July through August. I think, yeah. you know, he was he was slowing down. But the past week and a half, he's he's picked it back up again. He's finally getting the home runs back. And who knows? He might be able to push for the league lead if he, he can get hot and stay I hot. I mean, Olsen's cooled off a little bit. So, I mean, if he's getting hot right now, I mean, I think there's enough time. Well, he's only three back. Yeah, definitely there's enough time. Can. There's more, yeah. way more than enough time. And if Olsen, you know, it depends how Olsen, it depends if Olsen starts hitting too. But even well, that's then, Olsen, we've time. seen, Mets fans have seen Olsen get hot too. So we don't, we don't yeah, want to yeah. see that. I know the Mets uh, aren't really in a playoff race anymore. So at this point, it's Alonso's home run chase that we are interested that's in what, That's your main focus right now. Exactly. No, it's no, you're out of the playoffs. You're just looking for Alonso, trying to get the, you know, the most home runs in the NL. Exactly. Look, if he can, if he can beat Matt Olson, I don't even care if he gets the most, just beat Matt Olson. <laughs> so let's go into studs and duds now. Uh, for me, my stud, it's going to be Bobby Miller. He did throw two starts this week, and his first one was very lackluster, but his second one was outstanding. As we mentioned earlier, picking up the win against the Braves, the career high seven innings pitched. Bobby Miller's stuff is that good. And really, every single time he has taken the mound, it's is he going to stay in the rotation? Well, it looks like he's finally cemented himself over the last month. He did kind of fall off a little bit in July. He rebounded in August. Bobby Miller, he has been very, very good for this Dodgers team who's had a pitching staff that 
We expected them to be very good, but they've dealt with a lot of injuries. They've had a lot of guys go in and out. Walker Bueller still isn't back. So Bobby Miller, he's really been the guy to step up for them, and he's been fantastic. Remember the name. He's going to be one of those guys for the Dodgers that pitches there for a long time. My dud, it's Aaron Nola. Four and two-thirds innings pitch, took the loss, eight hits, seven runs, three walks, only five strikeouts. And I've said this really since the end of May, right around Memorial Day. Just looks like Aaron Nola threw too many innings last year. He's burned out. I think that's the thing. He's I think a lot I think that it's I don't think the pitch clock helps. I don't I think that throws off his, you know, pace of pitch there. Do you know if they fixed the pitch clock at Citizens Bank Park yet? I, I don't know because like the last time I saw they said they weren't gonna fix it and then I don't mm-hmm. know they were but there I, were no I'm immediate plans to sure. fix it. MLB didn't have they didn't really it wasn't really too high up on their to do list. <laughs> but I mean I would I would think so that they that they fix it. I mean I haven't heard anything since so I'm assuming I'm assuming they fixed it. I'll have to double check on that. Yeah, you gotta but, ask the players. Does it still yeah, feel fast? I think Nola. I think they're tired. I think even Wheeler. I think that's the Phillies problem. I think they're throwing too many pitches, too many innings, and they just get really tired. And I don't think they have that. It seems like they don't have that depth there to, you know, fill in to give them more of a rest. But, but going to my stud is another is as another Phillies player is a uh, Trey Turner who has been absolutely just on fire almost since the Phillies since the Phillies fans gave him that standing ovation is actually putting up like MVP numbers right now. Cause I think last, last week he had 12 hits, six home runs, 15 RBIs, one walk, two stolen bases, batting four fourteen, And he had, he actually had a five game home run streak with two home runs in one game. And that finally ended last night, but he still, I think he still had two hits last night on RBI. But he he's just on fire right now. And if he would have did this the whole year, you'd probably say he'd be in talks for MVP. But you know, I guess you but you know, better late than never for the Phillies right now because they really need him going into the playoff run here. And my dud is a team that's doing really well lately. Seattle Mariner George Kirby. He did absolutely terrible. He went three innings. He got pulled after three innings. He threw seventy three pitches in three innings. Gave up six hit, three earned runs, three strikeouts, got the loss. But, like, that's just terrible, 73 pitches, three innings. That's just me. That is you do not have the put-away stuff. Now, John, speaking of put-away stuff, in our fantasy baseball league, you can finally say that you have slayed the Giant. Yeah, I finally You are one of, you are one of three people now all season to beat me. I am now 18-3. and three. Thank you for that, John. I think I'm 10 and 11, and I have the third most points in the league, but I'm battling for sixth <laughs> place with Corey. So hey, it's coming down here. Corey beats me. I'm out. This is it. Corey beats me. I'm out of the playoffs. I win. I'm in the playoffs. So this is important yeah. week. Last last week of the regular season for our fantasy baseball league. And, John, you're you're fighting. I've got that first round by locked up, but you, you came away with a huge win last week. I need it. Yeah. Trey Turner was a big part of that. Yes, he was. I have him in a fantasy, so he's been a big part of my uh, late success here. Yeah, he he definitely was a big part of that this past week. Now, another team that's been rising, 
the Seattle Mariners, a team that's been falling, the Texas Rangers. John, I do want to ask you, because these are two teams that you had in your power rankings. The Mariners have been continuing to climb lately. They've been streaking. While the Rangers, they fell all the way to ninth in your power rankings. I, I want to see what can the Rangers do to stop this slide, but also the Mariners. How high can they keep climbing for you? Let's start with the Mariners first. I think that's an easier question to answer. Um, I mean, honestly, well, I think obviously the Braves and the Orioles have the Mariners beat, and I think they're going to be a solid one-two for the rest of the season. And I want to say Dodgers have the three spot locked up. So, I mean, I think the Mariners ceiling, I want to say for me, is probably right at four. I don't think you're going to go much further than four unless the Dodgers really fall off. But I think four is probably my ceiling for them. Maybe they sneak in the three, but they're not going. I think the Orioles and Braves just – are too, too, too good this season. They're playing too good right now. And, like, I feel like they just keep winning. Even when they lose, it feels like they keep winning. Now, the Rangers, I, I mean, we had them last podcast where I was saying that they were going to win the win the division. I mean, I, I still, I'm still going to stand by it. There's still a lot of baseball left. But, I mean, they just they got to start winning games. I don't know what's wrong. I don't know what's going on. It seems like the pitching's doing bad. Like, they just can't hit. I think it's really their bullpen is just doesn't just seems to be losing them these games. Cause I think Scherzer pitched a good game the other day, but the bullpen just completely blew it for him. So, I mean, they, they just got to, the Rangers got to take a step back. They got to look at what they were doing earlier in the season and what was working for them and just start doing that again. Cause like somewhere along the way, something got messed up there and they're just, they keep falling and falling and falling. And if they keep losing, eventually it's just, they're they're not going to be a top 10 team anymore well and this isn't like the national league playoffs last year where the mets were able to have that fall off and i know they still won 101 games yeah. or whatever it was but you're, you're not going to be able to stumble into the playoffs in the american league this year no. so for texas with bruce bochi this is a three-time world series winning manager he needs to figure this out this is on bruce bochi right now i understand the bullpen the pitchers the pitching may not be there i understand you were getting some overachievement from your pitchers early on in the season it doesn't matter bruce bochi needs to be able to keep the ship afloat this is why you brought him in here so he can get you through moments like these this is when you lean on your manager and I don't know. I think Texas is is on the decline. I think they were overachieving to start the year, and we may have bought into that a little bit too much because I just don't see Texas fixing this. I don't think they're better than the other teams in the American League right now. I think they can fix it enough where possibly maybe they don't win a division, but possibly a wild card berth there. But I mean, I don't know if they go deep at all in the playoffs if they if they can't figure it out. Well, exactly. And that's that's very, very, very true, John, because even if you get in, do you see this team beating any of those playoff teams in a three game series? Because right now I think it would be either Not Seattle. Like they're looking at Seattle or they're looking at I mean, maybe Minnesota. Minnesota if, if you luck into down. All year. If you luck into Minnesota in the first round by squeaking into the last wild card, kind of like what the Phillies did with St. Louis last yeah. year, because you could argue you wouldn't want to play San Diego or the Mets in that first round. You'd rather play St. Louis. Yeah. And then you hopefully get hot then, and then you just go on the run like the Phillies did. Mm -hmm. But, I mean, 
the Rangers, I mean, they just they just got to go back to what they were doing earlier in the season. I don't, you don't know what changed. It's and I, I, I really do believe a lot of it is guys overachieving. You can't just say that. That's a, that's just the cop out answer. But mm-hmm. still, I, I think that Texas they did overachieve quite a bit, and you know, hey. Their manager has to figure it out. That is their veteran. That is who needs to do this. You don't have a guy like Jacob DeGrom there. Yeah, you traded for Max Scherzer, but hey, he's got he's to pitch too. The bullpen has to do their part, and Bruce Bochy has to be able to move this team along in the right direction. Now, it's absolute madness, though, on the other side of the bracket. We look at the National League, and we currently have four teams tied for the last wild card spot you want to talk about an absolute wild card frenzy that's what's going on in the national league as of right now you currently see the phillies and cubs holding that top the top two wild card spots the cubs sit three games back at milwaukee for the lead in the central so figure those two teams they have the top two but then you have four teams tied in arizona miami san francisco and cincinnati for the last wild card, four teams, one playoff spot. First, John, tell me who you think's going to get it. Tell me who you think deserves it, and tell me exactly what each team needs to do in order to secure that final wild card spot. Because there's four teams vying for it. I mean, it's so hard to like pick who's going to win this because I feel like a lot of these teams are kind of like on the same, like they're very even with like how they're playing kind of, I mean, the giants, I feel like I, I don't feel, I just feel like it, it's kind of amazes me that they're there. Cause I just feel like you didn't really hear about them too much all year. And then they're just kind of there. Well, and this is the team that missed out on the free agents, right? Yeah. They lost out. They missed out on judge. They missed out on Correa, right? They didn't have a shortstop, you know, two years ago, they had the playoff run last year. They were a disappointment this year. They're right back in it. Yeah, and it's like I don't. Did they really get anyone? Like, do they really? I mean, ish. Michael Conforto. But like, and then you look at the Diamondbacks, and it's like, I, no one expected them to be this good this year and stuff. And they're definitely, I think, overachieving because I thought Diamondbacks were at least maybe a year or two out from being like anywhere near this position. Then you look at the Marlins, and I think the Marlins kind of came out of nowhere. I mean, I don't think anyone really expected them to be good at all or even in the coming years being good but i mean they did have the pitching they do have their they do have really and that's but that's what's so weird about the marlins right because it felt like the marlins had the pitching then they go trade away a guy like pablo lopez to go get a rise and it feels like okay you had the pitching now you got rid of one of your better ones for a bad okay now and then they they start the season hitting now they're not hitting anymore (laughs) yeah it's 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 up and down, and then you look at who who else is it? And you look at the you look at the Reds, mm-hmm. and, and I thought the Reds like next year. I thought the Reds next year were going to make a run and be really really good. But I, they brought all their guys up about a year early, with you know De La Cruz, and you got you know Hunter Green's pitching and Ladobo. I think he's hurt now though. Mm-hmm. So I I mean, I, I you want to say it's anyone's thing, but if you want to pick one, I mean. I almost want. I think I had the the. I want. I think I had the Reds going last week, but it's like it's just so close. And I almost want to say the Diamondbacks make the win this whole like make it in to win this. Because I, I just think they have. They have overall a long, players. 
they have that number one in Zach Allen who can go yeah. toe to toe with anyone. They have Corbin Carroll. They have Christian Walker. They have Cattell Marte. Like they've got yeah. talent. They have they have talent. I agree. I think the the Diamondbacks are are a year away. I think the Giants are a sneaky team. Although at the end of the day, John, how scared of you? How how scared of Gabe Kapler are you? Not like, very, but he he just seems to win though. Like he just seems no, to win. He's he lucked into a winning season once with the Giants. He's got this season in the National League where everyone's there's there's a lot of parity. So I I don't think Gabe Kapler is that good of a manager. I think he's a little too heavy into the analytics. I don't like having a right-handed and a left-handed lineup. I don't like having those platoons because then he'll go ahead and swap them out in the third inning and all of a sudden half your lineups now washed in the third inning of the game. It's terrible managing in my opinion. But you that's... have no leverage in late situations in a game. But this isn't about bashing Gabe Kapler. <laughs> I think that ultimately, you know, the Giants, yeah, I've been up and down on them this year. I think I've had them in my top 10 a few times. But I I just think that, you know, the Reds, Diamondbacks, those are the two best teams of those ones vying for it. I originally was high on the Marlins early on. I fell off that train very quickly. I just don't love the bats. I don't think they have enough power or consistency. I liked the burger trade at the deadline, but not necessarily the best move for them. Now, John, I, I do want to flip back in here because mm-hmm. there is one other team that I, I kind of touched on with the wild card frenzy, but I, I don't want to just leave them. And it's the Milwaukee Brewers. Because this team, you had them ranked sixth in your power rankings. And this is a team that has surged. We all thought once Ellie De La Cruz came up that the Reds were going to run away with this division. And they kind of held it for a little while. But Milwaukee took it back. They're now holding it. They're holding off the Cubs. And a team that we thought could compete with the Cardinals for the division. Now with the Cardinals out of it, do you feel like this is their division to lose? It almost certainly is their division to lose. And I mean, it, it's very closely because it almost seems like the Cubs might just come back and take it from them. Cause I feel like the Brewers, how good they're doing now, they haven't been very consistent all year. It's like a little up, down, up, down, up, down. Mm-hmm. And it hasn't seen, they were able to have, you know, have that, like, you know, just su- sustain the success to just, you know, keep getting the steady games, keep getting games ahead and just, you know, kind of, you know, plateau out with, you know, just the winning and losing there and keep going. And, and the Cubs just seem like they're just, they're right there. They're right on, you know, right on their coattails, just just getting closer and closer and closer. And it's like, I think the Cubs have a higher ceiling than the Brewers right now. Because I don't know if you're going to see much more of the Brewers than you have right now. But right now the Brewers are playing probably, I would say, almost to their ceiling. So what about the Brewers when they're playing at their ceiling makes them so dangerous? I know the pitching, but like the Brewers, this is this is a team that's all of a sudden they're winning games. You know, John, you your Phillies just saw them. What makes the Brewers dangerous? They can hit when they need they can hit when they need to. And then it it's just the pitching. And pitching is might be worth more than hitting sometimes because it's really good pitching. You can't can't get you can't get hits, but Things may be dangerous. I feel like they have a lot of um I'm gonna say like they have the veterans and Corbin Burns and stuff there, and I think that helps out. And then 
Do they still? I'm trying to think because I don't know they everyone have Woodruff. on their team. Yeah, Woodruff. Uh, Devin Williams. Is, yeah, uh, Sam South Frolic is the rookie has Sam, been good yeah. as well. So I, I think what's dangerous with the Brewers is like if they can get hitting early on in the game and stuff, their pitching is just it's gonna you're not gonna be able to catch them. Like that's that's what makes them scary. It's like if they can get runs on the board early on, with how good their pitching can be, it's just like you might not even be able a chance to get catch up and win the game if they're hitting. That's that's very true. Now we are going to start to wrap this thing up. So let's get into our weekly series highlight. I'm going to start us out with Astros Rangers. We're just talking about the NL or the AL West and how important these games are for the Rangers who have now fallen behind the Astros as well as the Mariners in the standings. If they want the division, this is where it starts. The Rangers need to bounce back. They need to get rolling. Who better to do it against? than the defending champs, the Houston Astros. My weekly uh, highlight is going to be the Dodgers versus the the Marlins. We were kind of talking about this earlier. I mean, the Dodgers, I think, are pretty locked in to win the uh, NL West. By now, I don't think they're really in danger of losing it, but the Marlins are right there in the wild card race, and this is a very important series for them because, I mean, if they can win this series or something, that's that can put them right into a definitive third in the wild card spot. So this is going to be – should be a good matchup. Yeah, all games are important as we are in the final month of the season. Labor Day weekend in the books. Baseball is now into its final stretch. Tons of exciting things going on. So definitely keep it locked in to the Outsider Sports Baseball Podcast. Football's back up and going as well with – that kicking off Thursday night. Make sure you check out the Outsider Sports Football Podcast. Hockey starting back up again soon as well. Is it October yet? Not yet, but we're getting there. Make sure you check out the Outsider Sports Hockey Podcast as well. Follow us on X at Outsider Sports 3. Check us out on TikTok and YouTube by searching Outsider Sports. Make sure you guys have a great day and keep listening to the Outsider Sports Baseball Podcast. <laughs>